Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals. Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, who's our nutritionist in residence. Together, we're answering your questions. Questions come to radio program at AOL.com. Delighted that you're availing yourself of the opportunity to pose questions or share comments. Radio program at AOL.com. We'll get to as many as we can. Uh, so what's up next, Layla? We have a question from, from, uh, from Fran. Uh, I have to drink 64 ounces of Gatorade during the prep for this colonoscopy procedure. And in addition to the enhanced recovery after surgery program requires me to drink 20 ounce bottle of Gatorade on the night before my surgery and another on the way to the hospital on the day of the surgery. I'm not sure. Is it surgery my or, is it, is it surgery or is it uh, just yeah, a colonoscopy? Well, this is a prep for a surgery. Oh, Fran okay. is actually having other abdominal surgery, but part of the prep oh, I see. is a colonoscopy type of thing where she's got to drink all this Gatorade. Uh-huh. But apparently, drinking all this Gatorade is part of their enhanced recovery hmm. after surgery. And she's saying, I'm not sure my bladder or intestines will <laughs> allow me to arrive there uneventfully, or I might have hypoglycemia yeah. after all sugar. And yeah. I'm reluctant to drink this color, chemical, sugar-laden drink, which supposedly helps the body prepare for and heal from surgery. Surely there must be a healthier way. Right. Um, so, just like, yeah, just I'm not like sure I why they're they saying, I'm not sure why I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just like I wish they would stop prescribing Ensure, yeah. which is full of corn syrup and yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. Not a great choice. So, on, yeah. on the one hand, um, you know, we don't like people drinking a lot of Gatorade, you know, in perpetuity. But a one shot of Gatorade, um, notwithstanding the GI distress it's going to cause intentionally, because it's making you go to the bathroom and clean you out. Um, mm. You know, and it does have artificial colors and it's got lots of sugar and that's not good, yeah. but it's a, it's a one off. Now, another alternative and it commonly used for uh, colonoscopy preps is something called Go Lightly. Which yeah. is kind of funny because uh, that's a it, funny name, all right. It's G O L Y T E L Y, and uh, <laughs> do you remember the uh, the movie Breakfast or the book Breakfast with Tiffany's by uh, Truman Capote, and then the movie Breakfast with Tiffany, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, with I think uh, Audrey Hepburn and yes, um, it was Audrey Hepburn. Was it George mm -hmm. Papard? I remember the movie. George Papard, I think. Anyway, I believe so. Yeah, and 
uh, her the name of the the character is Holly Golightly. Holly Golightly. <laughs> uh, so Golightly is kind of a cool name because it's it's got like a pedigree in from the Truman Capote book, and it makes you go. Not lightly. It makes you go. <laughs> it makes you go. You clean out. <laughs> Not just lightly. And yeah. the ingredient in it is something called PEG, polyethylene glycol, which, by the way, is an yeah. ingredient in the vaccines. I'd rather take it and, you know, and, and excrete it, you know, from my intestine than take it in internally you know, and then take it in, in, in my muscle and have it travel to all parts of my body. Yeah. Um, you know that polyethylene glycol is also in antiperspirants. Yes. And it's also in a laxative called Miralax. Yes, Miralax is in a, a laxative. Which right. is one that's commonly mm-hmm. prescribed. Yeah, I don't think it I don't think it's so bad, you know, uh it I don't yeah. think it's highly absorbed. Uh, and it also yeah. and and go lightly contains other electrolytes. So ask your doctor if you can take go lightly. It doesn't say it has a lot of sugar in it, although it might um and Dr. Uh, Hoffman, I think a reason for the switch mm-hmm. is I think many people complained that go lightly just didn't taste good. Yeah. And when you have to drink a gallon of it. Yeah. You know, some people have reported I almost vomited. It was so bad. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. So they're trying to make it easy on her. I'm looking at the ingredients. Uh, it's got sodium. It's got uh, bicarb. It's got uh, potassium. uh and it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. So, mm. um, you know, I guess if you're really averse to the sugar, you could use Go Lightly and it comes in packets. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, ask your doctor if that's okay. I mean, there may be some specific reason, you know, because it's not just a routine colonoscopy. It's a, it's a, it's a prep before a surgery to clean yes. you out. So, I don't know, yeah. maybe there's some other rationale for using uh, Gatorade. But, um, no, I'm not a, certainly not a fan of it. Mm. And I, I well, wouldn't take it. I would, yeah. you know, there's some like homemade, you know, electrolyte solutions. You know, we can sell people to take. Uh, what do we use as like electrolyte? Tri salt. But you know, I don't know if it's going to work as reliably. And it, uh, the stakes are high here. We want to make sure she's properly cleaned out before her surgery. Otherwise, it's a mess. Exactly. They admit her, and then it's no good, and they have to send her home and like schedule another day. I mean, I I want it to go right. uh, uh, as intended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And be done with it. Yeah. Fran, we hope you feel better soon. Yeah. Thank you. I hope that whatever procedure you're about to undergo is a successful one. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a good point at which to pause to allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here it goes. Listen up. Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by Oshare Health. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling one eight five five Zobria eight. That's Zobria dot com or one eight five five nine six two seven four two eight. Get twenty percent off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria dot com. Vitamin B one perfected. 
Thanks for listening. Of course, thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what is going to make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you in 2022. And we thank them. So uh, what's next, Layla? We've got an email from Paul. Can gargling twice a day help prevent COVID? What should we use to gargle? Any old mouthwash, plain water, water with salt added? How about grain alcohol diluted <laughs> with some water? And please don't drink that. You might go blind. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't think, is, isn't grain alcohol ethyl alcohol, if I'm not mistaken? It's not isopropyl alcohol. Uh, I'm not sure. And it's, okay. So but grain, I know it's grain alcohol is, you know, yeah, basically yeah. like gargling with vodka. You know, so that, look. Oh, okay. First, first let's stipulate this. There taint nothing on God's earth that's going to prevent you from getting COVID 100%. Taint yep. nothing. Uh, unless, I mean, I guess you could put yourself in solitary confinement, um, in which case, when you emerge from solitary that still confinement. That may not work. That, that may that not work still either. That may not work. Right. Uh, but, you know, once you emerge into the real world, I feel sorry for you because you'll have no natural immunity. So, yeah. Um, you can catch something worse. So, but but there is actually a literature on gargling, and various even just gargling with salt water is something oh, yeah. that may be helpful, uh, particularly mm -hmm. if you have uh, early COVID, because gargling seems to prevent uh, the spread of the virus into your lower respiratory tract. Now, Omicron is a different bug. It is much less likely to infect the lungs than previous iterations of COVID. The, vari the variants before it had a very strong um, uh, affinity for lung epithelial cells. And this one has a great deal of affinity for uh, upper airway uh, epithelial cells in the nasal passages mm -hmm. and in the back of the throat, the nasopharynx but not so much to the lungs. So I'm not sure if this strategy is going to be helpful. There's also some studies that show that gargling with green tea can be helpful. There's some studies that show that gargling with oregano can be helpful. Uh, mm. Using a 10% uh, solution of povidine, iodine, can be helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of goes along the lines of the clear. The clear attacks it from the nose. You can attack it from the mm. back of the throat by gargling. Uh but I, I'm not sure that there's any evidence that grain alcohol uh, is going to help. Diluted you. with some water. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that's, you know, um, that's like having a martini. <laughs> you could just drink the martini. Right, just drink it down. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that studies will not show that it confers a lot of protection against right. COVID. But, yeah. you know, you have to ask, uh, I mean, that's maybe keeping the liquor stores open was a good idea. You know, to, mm -hmm. you couldn't mm -hmm. you couldn't go anywhere, but you could go to the liquor store, right? Uh, <laughs> so and the, and I think the pot dispensaries they kept those open too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Oh boy, Paul, thank you for that thoughtful question. All right, let's see here. We've got a question from Brad. Well, this is similar to another question we had recently. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Following a modified paleo diet for many years, I believe in the benefits of consuming saturated fat. However, what if a person has familial hypercholesterolemia and existing coronary artery plaque? Should they be limiting their saturated fat intake 
And if so, why? Thank you, Brad. Brad, I wrote an article about this after the last yes. very similar question right. uh, we got about this. Um, the only saturated fat to completely avoid is the man-made factory trans fats. Mm-hmm. You know, your Crisco, your margarine, mm-hmm. your shortening, the stuff in the cookie, the stuff in the Danish, the stuff in your bread. You know, these are the saturated fats to avoid the man-made trans fats, not even naturally occurring trans fats should be avoided because they're naturally occurring. They're precursors to uh, uh, transvacenic acid is a precursor to CLA, conjugated linoleic acid. That's a good trans fat. That's a natural trans fat. Exactly. And there are other good trans fats like uh, lauric acid. These are antiviral as well. Mm -hmm. No, person with familial hypercholesterolemia and existing coronary artery plaque needs to completely eliminate any factory-made trans fats. They need to eliminate sugar, refined carbohydrates. They need to eliminate foods that are causing inflammation. Mm -hmm. Fake sugars, alcohol, you know, smoking, too much coffee, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, Avoiding additives, preservatives. So following a paleo type of diet, you're not going to be ingesting any of those things. Right. So that would really be the way to go. So, so, this, so everybody in this... Yeah, yeah. this is an interesting question because he there's this uh, term familial hyperlipidemia, which is being bandied about, I think, too liberally. It's kind of like the word, uh, you know, osteopenia. You know, it's like yes. everybody's got a little osteopenia past a certain age, and everybody who has a little high cholesterol, they say, oh, you must have... Uh, hyperlipidemia. To when I first studied it, it was only a very small percentage of the population who had what's called familial hyperlipidemia, and these are people who have cholesterol sometimes, you know, five, six hundred. It's like really very, very high. And mm. I, for those people, I wonder. Uh, I, I agree with your assessment, but I wonder if for those people. Uh, that it might be advisable to somewhat restrict uh, saturated fat and dietary cholesterol in those circumstances. But those are... Cholesterol of 400s and 500s, I don't believe that's what Brad is referring to. Right. No, I guess I Because everybody now has yeah. familial hyperlipidemia. Yeah, everybody's cholesterol is a little high. It's like, right. yeah, okay. So, But, but even, even somebody with the double hit, the APOE4, yeah. 4... They still need to be on a much lower carbohydrate yes. diet, yep. which is the most important thing to eliminate. That's the Alzheimer's the gene, but it also predisposes you to cardiovascular disease. Yes. Yes, so, yes. So, um, you know, th- I think the question is: you want to remove these- the food. You want to remove the food that are causing triglycerides to be high. Absolutely, that's a very important lipid, and you want to remove the foods that are causing that LDL to become. A small, dense pattern B mm-hmm. atherogenic particle. Right. I would look and at that. I would does, look at that. I would yeah. look at the particle size, and mm-hmm. uh, make an effort to, uh, even if the LDLs remain somewhat high, if the particle mm-hmm. size is a safe particle size. If it changes size, to a pattern A, yep. it's still good. Yep. And the ratio HDL will go up on this right. type of a, a high fat diet because HDL needs fats to go up. 
So, so the ratio even changes for so, the better. So another element to this question is a lot of people with these conditions, they're already on statins and they may be on uh, Zetia as well, which is yeah. uh, an intestinal cholesterol blocker, different mechanism of action. And then on top of that, they sometimes take PSCK9 inhibitors. We Pesky. call them peskies. And these are drugs that dramatically lower, they can lower your cholesterol to like uh, your uh, uh, total cholesterol to like 70, you know, like single oh, that's digits. Terrible. But uh, then to go on a very low cholesterol, low saturated fat diet, to me is utter folly when you're on medications that's already are so dramatically lowering your cholesterol artificially. So, uh, you know, and I want to remind, I want to remind everybody that if you have a total cholesterol of less than 160, it's actually a risk factor for cancer. Mm -hmm. And mortality, and overall we, mortality. Yeah. Overall mortality. Mm -hmm. All of that. Yeah. Uh, aggressive behavior, a lack of recall, suicide, violence, all of that. But in addition, if you're taking a statin, ironically, that statin is also lowering your CoQ10 and messing in a bad way with your vitamin K. Yep. Exactly the two nutrients we need for healthy coronary arteries. As you point out in your good article, which and appeared uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Those articles are so. archived at drhoffman.com. So you can find Layla's article addressing this subject. All right. Um, we have time for a couple more questions. So let's proceed. Let's see here. We've got from Roseanne. Do you have any opinion on getting yearly mammograms? And what are your thoughts on breast thermography? I'm in my 60s and pretty much holistic. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think it should it you should do it on a case by case basis. If you have high risk, high familial risk, uh, if you've been diagnosed with a BRCA gene, uh, you need more surveillance, and or a primary relative, uh, mother, sister, daughter with uh, breast cancer, then you need a little more uh, follow up and scrutiny. If you've had uh, abnormalities on your uh, mammogram or if you've had breast cancer before you you need to keep getting screened uh, however i have to say that uh, after some initial screening uh, the evidence is pretty weak for doing annual mammograms for women who have negative um mammograms you know that's supposed to start at uh, for some women 45 some women 50 kind of depends on what mm -hmm. country you're in i think in uh, canada the age is a little higher here they're suggesting start earlier uh, there's not a lot of evidence for, um, they discover more cancers, but at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't save a lot of lives, according to yeah. some critiques of annual mammography. So uh, it might be possible to go on a, you know, every three or five year schedule after a series of normal mammograms, if you're low risk. Mm -hmm. um, because all that radiation on a yearly basis, not good. it can add to the risk of breast cancer. Yeah. That'll cause breast cancer. Yep. Yeah. They estimate that there is an effect of radiation exposure to the breast tissue from uh, all those mammograms. And they, they say, oh, but the benefits of mammograms still outweigh the slight danger from all those mammograms. But here's another is problem really with mammograms. Slight? Yeah. So they say, but here's the thing. Yeah. We, uh, 
I, I'm not uh, a woman, but I know that women go through enormous trepidation because you know they'll find a little something, and then they'll have to They're do more tests, and then they'll have to do a biopsy to say, okay, fine, it was negative, but now you've got like a you know a little divot in your you know, in your breast from the biopsy. And uh, it's, it's just no fun. And it. I think it's less about vanity, Dr. Hoffman. Yeah. And I think it's more of the concern of overtreatment. Yeah. And, and you might find a tiny something that might disappear on its own. Which or is actually. It might not which is interesting because they actually did a study um, in, I think it was in Scandinavia, where they, they compared women who got annual mammograms to women who got. Um, uh, mammograms every three years or every five years. And what they found is they discovered less cancer uh, with the every five-year strategy. And I would say they missed cancer, but no, they didn't. What it meant and the implications of this were that the cancers that were found with the yearly, they would sometimes regress by the time you, you uh, a few years later. They, because the body is uh. constantly editing and doing sort of a cleanup on yes. uh, little... Auto, embers of cancer yeah auto autophagy or autophagy yeah autophagy. Uh, i think more people are saying autophagy these but anyway uh, you're exactly right is that uh autophagy is the body's cleanup process which may attack uh you know uh, cancer cells and an intact immune system there are uh, mechanisms which uh prevent these random mutations from going into full-blown cancer so anyway yeah so it, look, the answer is it depends on thermography. I'm not a big fan of thermography. I don't think thermography is an is an alternative to uh, mammography. It's not prime time. Yeah, it's yeah. not prime time. Uh, it, it's, um, I mean, I know it's, it's considered an alternative modality, and it's embraced by some integrative physicians. And I think it can give you some information, but it's still not the gold standard. What we need is a better gold standard, better than thermography or breast cancer uh, or uh, mammography. We need a test that's very, very, uh, that's sensitive enough to pick up the breast cancers, but can differentiate among the breast cancers that are going to be very dangerous, that require immediate action versus uh, just like with prostate cancer. There's some prostate cancers where you want to take a watchful waiting approach. We, yes. we don't have that for uh, most cancers. But, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of women are getting aggressive surgery for a breast cancer, which would have killed them at 122. You know. Yes. So. Yeah. Roseanne, thank you for that very, very thoughtful question. Yep. Yeah, we have time for one more if we can squeeze it in. Oh, okay. We're gonna. We started with COVID. We're gonna finish on it. All right. So COVID sandwich. Hi, Doctor Hoffman. COVID sandwich. Yeah. COVID sandwich. Hi, Doctor Hoffman and Layla. Since I received the vaccine, two Pfizer shots. And subsequently got COVID in December. No. I would think. Yeah. No. I would think really? there would be no. I, th I would think that there would be no need to get a booster. My 28-year-old son is in the same situation, and he has celiac. I told him not to get the booster because it might overactivate his immune system. Do you agree? Well, yeah. The I mean, the answer is uh, I'm coming to believe that uh, having a vaccine and having one episode of COVID for some people, it's two episodes because they got it right in 2020, then they got vaccinated, and then they got it again with Omicron. That uh, That's enough already. And, uh, you know, that there's little to be gained from an additional booster. Uh, now, what they're doing now is they're, because of the failure of the vaccine, 
It's a leaky vaccine. They're racing to come up with Omicron-specific vaccines. Uh, They will be released probably in spring, if approved. But it's kind of like playing catch-up ball with a moving target. And by the time they come up with an Omicron vaccine, Omicron may be in the rearview mirror. And we may have new variants or nothing. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I think it's reasonable to take a wait and see approach at this point, uh, especially since you probably have partial or substantial immunity after having COVID uh, yeah. for a while, at least a few months. And you know, if you do come down with it, it's going to be very mild anyway. And for a 28 year old, even with 28 year old with history of celiac disease, he's young. He should be fine. And this person, you know, just do the math, you know, it's probably in their 60s, maybe, maybe in their 50s. Um, you know, enough already. Uh, they, they, yeah. you, they should do fine. So I, it's not such a big whoop uh, for mm-hmm. people who are relatively healthy and relatively young. And <laughs> I like the enough already, Dr. Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> I like hearing that. Enough already. It's enough already. And I think, <laughs> so... Uh, and people are gnashing their teeth. Should I get a booster? Should I, it's like, you know, we want to get a booster. Get a booster. Uh, get a makes booster. you feel better. Get a booster. It is it going to give should you? Should I test? Shall I not test? Go ahead and test. Yeah, te- <laughs> right. Um, should I get the vaccine? Should I not? Go ahead and get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's really six of one and a half dozen of the other, and yeah. uh, you, there's no guarantee that with it you're going to get that much protection. Uh, Nor is there a guarantee by any means that if you don't get it, you're going to be have a devastating case of COVID and end up in the hospital on a on a ventilator. You know, Mm. it's so many people are having it. And my experience in the field right now with uh, patients and family members is that it's no big whoop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my experience. That's that's well. this Omicron. Anyway, I mean, maybe yeah. we're different uh, earlier on. But this is a different. This is a different breed of yeah. cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, on that parting note, so thank you, Kathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you know, also you know, keep an eye on the ball. I mean, if it's like raging, and there's a vaccine that is demonstrated to be very effective, you might take it. But then again, that's what they said about the current vaccines. You know, they said they were ninety-five yeah. percent effective. Well, they're not. Uh, mm-hmm. that was in the, you know, everything is better in the preliminary testing, uh, drugs, vaccines, and then they get out of the real world and they're less effective. Yeah. And then, especially against a virus that's changing. So that's, yeah. The well, everybody, thank you for all of your questions. And to remind you, the email is radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. And thank you very much, Layla. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the office this week. And yep. uh, look out for some of our great podcasts because we did a really nice one with uh, Kara Fitzgerald uh, that just posted uh, today and it should be available to you. Uh, it's about uh, anti-aging. Uh, and Perfect. she actually conducted the first study which demonstrated, uh, it's a short-term study, but demonstrated significant slowing of the aging clock with a concerted lifestyle intervention. Very, very impressive study. Uh, Also, uh, we just did an interview with uh, one of our favorite uh, guests uh, who 
uh, is talking about uh, rapamycin as an anti-aging strategy. Uh, so wow. very good stuff. And also, I, yesterday I interviewed um, William Davis, the Wheat Belly author. Wheat Belly. Yeah, and he's got some. Fame. Yeah, he's got a new book, and he's got some really great things to say. He's just a brilliant guy. Uh, and you know, it sounds you know, wrote a book called Wheat Belly. You think, oh, that's dumb. Just stop eating wheat, and everything will be okay. It goes. It's so much more profound than that. Mm-mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he explains it in detail. And no, it's not just about eliminating weed. It's about low-carb dieting and uh, addressing your microbiome. And he get, he does a real deep dive on on that. So some really exciting podcasts for the month of January. Uh, avail yourself of them because they're free at drhoffman.com or via your usual podcast subscription service. Thanks, Layla. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.